Mark's Kathy Wood says they have written down their Twitter stake by 47%. Goldman Sachs forecasts the chances of a recession are unlikely. And crypto investment firm Paradigm hires Alex Creeve, their new government relations lead. I'm Jackson Fordyce, and this is Venture Daily. Yesterday, the CEO of ARK Investments, Kathy Wood, informed the Wall Street Journal that ARK has written down their stake in Twitter by a staggering 47%. Wood says that this valuation isn't indicative of a long-term outlook ARK holds of the company, but they had to write down Twitter substantially because, quote, we take fair valuation very seriously. Between Elon Musk's controversial stances and nearly 50% of advertisers leaving the platform, Twitter's revenue has been cut in half since Musk's purchase back in October. To get a better understanding of the story, I chatted with Drew Glover. Hi, my name is Drew Glover. I am CEO and founder of Fiat Growth and general partner at Fiat Ventures. 47% seems like a substantial write-down. Drew, what do you think of the factors at Twitter that have caused ARK's diminishing confidence in its current value? And is 47% a percentage that makes sense to you as a write-down? I can't speak too much on the 47%, but I can definitely speak to some of the some of the things that have been happening at Twitter over the last 24 months. As an investor, you invest in high-risk investments, but you still manage money in a very prudent way. Um, you know, Kathy's investing in the future. And at, at that point, you can, you can underwrite that in a number of different ways. And obviously, when she initially invested in Twitter till now, that has significantly shifted. But over the last 24 months, we've seen two new CEOs come in, in Elon Musk, and then Linda as well. And also with the injection of threads from Facebook, you're seeing a lot of potential competition come into the market. Um, so as she's thinking about the market as a whole, I think she's being prudent. I, I, I frankly respect the decision, but I also respect the fact that she's not saying she no longer believes in Twitter. She greatly believes in Twitter still, but as a fund manager managing other folks' money and thinking about being conservative around how she's going to write down returns in the business, she's doing a smart move here. So Kathy Wood says she's still bullish on Twitter and its long-term outlook. Drew, do you believe in Twitter's long-term outlook? That's a tough one for me. I, I'm obviously not as close to Twitter as she is. Um, for me, it'd be a little bit tougher to have that perspective. And that is only because, you know, I come from a growth marketing background and seeing what Facebook has been able to do with threads, obviously launching it, getting 2 million users in, in two hours. Facebook still today, although might not be the hottest thing on the market, has just around 3 billion users and being able to activate a very small portion of those 3 billion and driving them over to threads could turn that into a very powerful force incredibly fast. And also knowing that they own Instagram and they made the sign up process for threads so easy um, also creates a very interesting path into how competitors might pop up. So what this does prove is, is Facebook is able to do with the 3 billion users, open up a threads. Snapchat could do that. Reddit could do that. TikTok can do that. They're all basically news sites packaged in different ways. So I would think, you know, as I think about Twitter as a whole, there's going to be a lot more competition. And when there's been so much fluctuation within leadership over the last 24 months, I think they're quickly going to have to figure out what their identity is in the market. Twitter isn't the only company that has seen a steep drop in their valuation in the past year. Do you see valuations continuing to drop over the next six months or could we be in for a rebound? You know, I think we're already seeing a, a small rebound here. I, by no means do I think we're, we're out of the shadows. I think right now we're in an interesting market where things were very, very high and now they're coming back to normal. I think a lot of folks are thinking about the market as, oh, we're, we're down X amount. I actually think we're, we, we have a really healthy reset. So I don't necessarily think that they're going to drop significantly lower. However, I also don't think that we are in, we're, we're looking at the worst market 
um, that we've ever seen before here. Obviously, statistically speaking, no, not the one we've never we've ever seen before. But I do believe that this is just a really healthy reset, and I'm hoping here over the coming months that we'll be able to see a quick re a re up. Fidelity values Twitter at one third of what Musk paid for it only ten months ago. Drew, what steps can Twitter take to return to the value it held before Musk bought the company? Well, it's tough. A lot of these different social media sites are built on trust. And there was some time where so much movement was happening and so much change was happening that a lot of users were um, losing trust in the business. So I wish I could say that there's a quick fix for this. I think what's going to need to happen, especially with with Linda as CEO now, is really just to get back to... um, to building up trust within the users and making sure that you're adding consistency back into the business. Um, when you make waves in a platform like this, you just have to be able to double down on setting rules and following them and making that a mainstay within the ecosystem. How can Twitter take steps towards becoming what they call an everything app with 1 billion users 10 years from now? Twitter needs to just go back to, to what made them really great, which was accepting the fact that they are a news platform and knowing that the best way to get their users activated and continue to scale is to provide highly regulated news that people can count on and know that as much truth is being told as as possible and also making sure that the people that are trying to bring in the wrong information you're you're properly managing that information in the most strategic way possible That's Drew Glover, CEO and founder of Fiat Growth and general partner at Fiat Ventures. Thanks for being here, Drew. Thank you. On Monday, Goldman Sachs' chief economist, Jan Hatzius, said the bank's forecast for the probability of a U.S. recession in the next year has been cut to a mere 20%. This is a 5% decrease from an earlier 25% prediction from Goldman Sachs. The main reason for our cut is that the recent data have reinforced our confidence that bringing inflation down to an acceptable level will not require a recession, Hatzius said in a research note. As inflation shows signs of slowing, analysts predict a more neutral monetary policy going forward. For more insight into this encouraging forecast, I spoke with Will Robbins. My name is Will Robbins. I'm a general partner at Contrary. We identify and invest in the world's top talent. Thanks for being here, Will. My pleasure. Great to be back. Will, what factors do you think drove Goldman Sachs to change to a 20% forecast? Well, first of all, um, I want to take a step back and remind ourselves that uh, a year ago, there was debate as to whether or not we were already in a recession, right? And I think the, uh, the, the political machine was kind of perhaps reworking the definition of recess, recession itself. And, and people were debating, you know, what does it mean to be in a recession? And so um, I think the irony of all this is that uh, kind of a, a 5% adjustment in, uh, in probabilities of a recession is, is almost secondary to kind of you know, what we consider uh, the goalpost to be in, in the broader economy, both for uh, you know, the, the, the economy writ large, but also for kind of venture and, and the startup world as a, as a subset. So um, I think that is, is my first thought that comes to mind. But um, look, I think uh, over the past year or so, I think we've seen inflation uh, continue to uh, come on a little bit more under control. We've seen kind of continued growth of, of core industries. And uh, I think uh, a lot of the tailwinds that were so traumatic over the past few years, um, like COVID and the supply chain crises, are, are starting to smooth out. As the tailwinds smooth out, what does this mean for the everyday investor? Do you see a floor in the equities market? And how do you feel about the next six months? Yeah, so I, I think the, the interesting thing here is the composition of the equities market generally, right? I think you look at the story of, of uh, you know, maybe the past decade, right, or even the past couple of years, 
um, a huge percentage of, of the, the growth was was concentrated into you know, kind of large uh, large cap tech stocks, right? And so um, I think any analysis that's analysis that's being done uh, should really be more broad spectrum because uh, certain industries have just uh, kind of struggled over the past uh, few years and probably will continue to do so. Um, but looking at the aggregate stats, it's uh, much easier to paint a rosy picture. But you know, that said, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, personally uh, you know, not investment advice uh, bullish on um, kind of the, the, the prospects for the year ahead. And Will, what does positive news like this mean for venture markets? I think the, the way that I'm describing the venture market now is high variance. So we have some companies that uh, I think are great companies that, that might be struggling to raise. We have some companies that are uh, also great companies that are uh, snapping their fingers and getting you know, trendy rounds done in a week tops, right? And so I think the way that we're looking at uh, the industry generally and the way that we're advising portfolio companies is that um, the space of outcomes is continuing to expand. And uh, all of the indicators that, that kind of might lead into your fundraise or your fund's performance will probably be uh, amplified in this environment. And so, uh, you know, uh, taking a more kind of cautious approach is, is still prudent as ever. A cautious approach is still prudent as ever. Wise words from Will Robbins, general partner at Contrary. Thanks for coming on the podcast again, Will. Thanks for having me. Paradigm. The San Francisco-based crypto investment firm that has invested in Coinbase, OpenSea, and MoonPay just hired Alex Grieve in a new role for the firm. Grieve will serve as their government relations lead. According to Paradigm, Grieve has, quote, over a decade of experience in D.C. politics and financial policy. He joined from Tiger Hill Partners, a government relations and communications firm, where he led the company's crypto competency team. With this hire, Paradigm appears to be ramping up plans to influence U.S. crypto policy as Congress considers several bills that establish guidelines that will institute new rules for stablecoins in the overall crypto market. It's probably not a coincidence that Greaves' hire comes right after government crackdowns on cryptocurrencies and crypto-focused startups. Much of the strict regulation has been born out of FTX's bankruptcy scandal back in November and the SEC's multiple lawsuits against crypto exchanges Binance and Coinbase. What does this mean for the larger venture landscape? This hire could prompt other crypto-focused investment firms to build their own government relations teams to stay ahead of Congress's increasing regulatory efforts. Thanks for tuning in to Venture Daily. Today's show is produced by Josiah Simons and Jackson Fordyce. Our theme song was created by Benjamin Cook. If you liked today's episode, please give us an honest review wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see y'all tomorrow morning.